1: good morning hello dear ones dear beloved family how are you doing i am doing fine we are doing fine and you say come on mother miriam didn't you realize we had an inauguration of a new president yesterday of course of course of course i do and um, did we complete the novena to our lady of victory yes we did And uh, how come President Trump is not still president? Well, it's because God is on his throne, and we pray, but we bless him that he does his will and not ours. And every time we pray, we pray according to his will. And um, uh, let me just say that um, everything's not over yet, so I, I don't have some secret word I have heard of certain prophecies that um, uh, that he may still be president. What can I tell you? Do I believe these things? I, I do what Our Lady did, um, and I ponder them in my heart. But all I want is God's will. I want nothing else. What God doesn't want, I don't want. So that's the story. And so we remain at peace. We remain happy. Uh, happy in Christ, because our orders don't change. They are to love God and to live for him with our heart, mind, soul, and strength. And nothing changes. We need now to be witnesses to him more than we've ever, ever, ever been before. And so, if possible, and it's always possible, we could be better witnesses to him. So now, um, I don't know what All is going to happen. I know that what uh, President Trump uh, rather, what President Trump did, what um, now President Biden um, has told us he is going to utterly reverse everything on the pro life scene. Uh, give back to Planned Parenthood, the $60 or whatever Trump took away, free Mexico and other nations to use American funds for abortion, uh, all of that. It's just, it's it's completely evil. I listened to President um, Biden's inaugural speech yesterday. His words were perfect for the time, said with compassion, peace, and all of that. I wish he knew what he said. I wish he understood what he said. I wish he believed what he said because what he does is the opposite. He wants unity, and yet he's murdering millions of babies and um, so forth and destroying the family. So where his thinking is, I don't know, but it's not of God. It's not of God, beloved. So um, I can't judge his soul. God alone can. Uh, how much he understands and how much he's simply blinded to. Uh, I don't know. I I think he is blind um, in his thinking to a great degree, but I don't know that. Um, We just know who's on the throne, and um, we know um, who holds the future. So that's where we go forward. Um, And I thought, well... On the scene now, I heard from a um, religious uh, sister yesterday whose um, order, whose religious order, um, does not care who believes what. Um, If they violate their conscience, uh, they want them to take the vaccine, all of them, every last one. And there's persecution if one does not. And so um, I want, if if any of you are still wondering about taking the vaccine, um, I want to read you an article on, um, uh, it's uh, Bishop Snyder on COVID vaccines. And the subtitle is, The Ends Cannot Justify the Means. Um, and it's on the moral lic- illicitness of the use of vaccines made from cells derived from aborted human fetuses. Now, the Pope has taken that vaccine with uh, fetal cell lines. Um, uh, Pope Emeritus Benedict Sixteenth has. At least that's the news report. Um, I don't know what is true these days or not based on, on the news reports, but... Um, and many bishops have said that it is an act of charity to receive that vaccine, um, regardless of its uh, coming from aborted cell lines. And they were they, the aborted cells were 1972 and 1985 or 6 or long ago. Um, the point is, we cannot, under any circumstances, support evil that good may come. We may not. I will not. We may not. And so, um, uh, the um, I'm going to read this article. Um, it actually came out in the middle of December. And it reads, um, In recent weeks, news agencies and various information sources have reported that in response to the COVID-19 emergency... Some countries have produced vaccine using cell lines from aborted human fetuses. In other countries, such vaccines are being planned. You see, if we begin to use them, what's the difference if the baby was aborted in 1972 or yesterday? What's the difference? There is no difference. There's absolutely no difference. A growing chorus of churchmen that includes bishops, conferences, individual bishops, rather the bishops' conferences, individual bishops and priests, has said that in the event that no alternative vaccine using ethically licit, Uh, substances is available it would be morally permissible for catholics to receive vaccines made from the cell lines of aborted babies now i don't believe it i i don't believe it Uh, um, some say what makes you the authority mother miriam come on these are bishops yes i understand that but um god put people to death for abortion in the old testament um even for, uh, an, um, I, I won't go on to describe things, but he put them to death. If a man murdered a woman and the baby within her died, he was guilty of two murders. Nothing has changed, beloved, nothing has changed. And it is not acceptable to, um, that we should profit and live because of abort- babies murdered in their mother's womb. Supporters of this position invoke two documents of the Holy See. The first, from the Pontifical Academy for Life, is titled, Moral Reflections on Vaccines Prepared from Cells Derived from Aborted Human Fetuses, and was issued on June 9, 2005. The second, An Instruction from the Congregation for the Doctrine of the Faith, is titled, Um... Uh, dignitas Personae on certain bioethical questions and was issued on September 8, 2008. Both these documents allow for the use of such vaccines in exceptional cases and for a limited time on the basis of what in moral theology is called remote, passive, material Cooperation with evil. I'm going to stop right there. How could anything be remote and passive material cooperation? How is it possible? Remote, passive material cooperation. It remote because of the time distance. Um, material co- cooperation because it is physical, but passive. Who's who's passive? The baby's not passive. The baby is being murdered. Uh, I don't, the mother's not passive. She's not unconscious and uh, against her will. I don't understand, I don't understand this at all. Um, and if we say both of these documents allow for the use of such vaccines in exceptional cases and for a limited time, um, you know, that's how abortion started. In 1930, the Lambeth Council uh for the very first time, allowed abortion in England um, for married women, women within marriages whose life would be threatened by a new pregnancy. It was an exceptional case and limited. That was it. And from that, we now murder babies even after they're born. And we now have euthanasia. Once we allow such a thing, uh, however we think limited, we've opened the door to permit evil. And we've taken God's place. God is the author of life. He is the author of life. He decides when someone is to be born. He decides when someone is to die. We are not in control of that. And the minute we do that, we play God for our "Quote unquote exceptional reasons." We don't play God for exceptional times when we think it's prudent. This is, it's to me, the fact that this is coming from the Congregation for the Doctrine of Faith is, um, I don't understand it. Um, and and am I against church teaching? Am I my own pope? Absolutely not. But. Never do we have permission to murder, we do never have permission to murder, and then use murdered uh, infants, uh, aborted fetuses, uh, to save us from a, um, a, a virus. Why shouldn't we die? It, it's just unthinkable, and we are substituting health for eternal salvation. And we will live longer, but we will not live in heaven. We'll be right back after the break, beloved.
2: Love learning more about the Church, but confused or disheartened by the struggles we are facing today? Follow LifeSite News Catholic on Facebook, Twitter, or sign up for LifeSite Catholic emails. And stay up to date on the constant stream of news about the Catholic Church. Our Church is in a time of crisis, and we as laity have a responsibility and a duty to educate ourselves and stay true to the faith. LifeSight News Catholic is dedicated to keeping the laity informed and educated. To follow us, go to Facebook or Twitter and search LifeSight News Catholic. As Mother Miriam always says, we must live as if it were true. <laughs>
0: Day from 10 to 11 a.m. Eastern, the Station of the Cross brings you Mother Miriam live. Mother Miriam is a Catholic nun on a mission to bring Jesus and a message of hope to a world
1: that has lost its way.
0: Hello, beloved. This
1: is Mother Miriam, and I am thrilled to welcome you to Mother Miriam Live. As always, you're going to be able to call, text, or email whatever your questions are. Through a partnership between the Station of the Cross and LifeSite News, you will be able to listen and watch Mother Miriam Live on YouTube and Facebook at the Station of the Cross, including past episodes on podcasts. God bless you.
0: Listen on your local Station of the Cross affiliate and our free iCatholic Radio mobile app, or watch the Mother Miriam Live video stream on facebook and youtube by searching the station of the cross that's mother miriam live each weekday from 10 to 11 a.m eastern on the station of the cross
1: Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. So thrilled to be with you. So thrilled. We are in a meeting. Uh, no, we're not in a meeting. We're in the middle of a um, uh, an article um, uh, written um, in the middle of December concerning um, the use of aborted cell lines to create vaccines. And I have just read that... Um, uh, that the supporters of this position, um, I'm just going to reread this for a minute because I, I, I imagine that uh, some listening will say, who do you think you are, Mother Miriam? Uh, why does the Station of the Cross even allow you on? You're going against the church. I am not. Listen, I will show you this. Supporters of this position... That we can use aborted cell lines for the vaccines, in other words we can we can use the product of murdered babies for our health that 's uh, the summation of it and um, and I'm reading from the article now. Supporters of this position invoke two documents of the Holy See. The first from, that, that we can use, the position that we can use aborted cell lines, um, invoke the Holy See. The first article from the Pontifical Academy, Academy for Life is titled Moral Reflections on Vaccines Prepared from Cells Derived from Aborted Human Fetuses, that was issued on June 9, 2005. <clears throat> The second, an instruction from the congregation for the doctrine of faith, is titled um, "Dignitas Personae," um, and it would be the the the, um, uh, the dignity of the individual of, of, of the person on certain bioethical questions and was issued September 8, 2008. Both of these documents allow for the use of such vaccines in exceptional cases and for a limited time on the basis of what in moral theology is called remote passive material cooperation with evil. Now, I just said before the break that I don't understand how anything could be remote. If it's remote, it's because it's in a different country or years later or whatever. I don't know what their definition of remote is. Um, material cooperation, yes. Um, uh, my, what what right we have to that, I don't know. But passive is an anomaly. How could anything be passive when we're using murdered uh, babies For our gain. I I don't understand how that is passive in any way, passive cooperation with evil. The affirmation, now listen to this, and I said under no circumstances, we don't do evil that good may come. And um, because I know from past Uh, programs that there are those who will say, uh, who are you, Mother Miriam, to be spouting uh, your own opinion? Are you higher than the church? Of course I'm not. And these documents say this. The The aforementioned documents assert The documents themselves assert that Catholics who use such vaccines at the same time have the, quote, the duty to make known their disagreement and to ask that their health care system make other types of vaccines available. Now, end quote. So these very documents that allow for the use of such vaccines from the Vatican, say that at the same time, um, Catholics uh, who use such vaccines at the same time have the duty to make known their disagreement and to ask that their healthcare system make other types of vaccines available. To me, that's contradictory. How do we allow and then say we have the duty, not the option, but the duty, to make known our disagreement. I I don't even understand that. It's contradictory. Um, Again, we don't have the option, which we have the option, but we have the duty to make known our disagreement. Does that mean we take take these vaccines until other vaccines come up? No. Do we do evil that good may come? No. I continue reading. In the case of vaccines made from the cell lines of aborted human fetuses, we see a clear contradiction between the Catholic doctrine to categorically and beyond the shadow of any doubt reject abortion in all cases as a grave moral evil that cries out to heaven for vengeance, Catechism of the Catholic Church, number 2268 and 2270. A clear contradiction between... um, the uh, rejection, the teaching to reject abortion in all grave moral, cries out to heaven for vengeance, and the practice of regarding vaccines derived from aborted fetal cells as morally acceptable in exceptional cases of quote unquote urgent need on the grounds of remote passive material cooperation. To argue that such vaccines can be morally licit if there is no alternative is in itself contradictory and cannot be acceptable for Catholics. That's exactly what I said one thought to recall the following words of Pope John Paul II regarding the dignity of unborn human life, quote, The inviolability of the person, which is a reflection of the absolute inviolability of God, finds its primary and fundamental expression in the inviolability of human life above all, The common outcry, which is justly made on behalf of human rights, for example, the right to health, to home, to work, to family, to culture, is false and illusory if the right to life, the most basic and fundamental right, and the condition for all other personal rights is not defended with maximum determination. And that's Christopher Daly's Leiche, number 38 from um, John Paul II. Using vaccines made from the cells of murdered unborn children contradicts a quote-unquote maximum determination to defend unborn life. The theological principle of material cooperation is certainly valid, and may be applied to a whole host of cases, such as in paying taxes, the use of products made from slave labor, and so on. However, this principle can hardly be applied to the case of vaccines made from fetal cell lines, because those who knowingly and voluntarily receive such vaccines enter into a kind of con... um, uh, concatenation, Now I'm pronouncing that wrong. Concatenation, um, albeit very remote. In other words, this cooperation <clears throat> with the process of the abortion industry. The crime of abortion is so monstrous that any kind of concatenation um, with this crime. Uh, teaching along with this crime. Even a very remote one is immoral and cannot be accepted under any circumstances by a Catholic once he has become fully aware of it. If he's blind, he accepts it. Is it still sinful? Yes. Does God hold him accountable Uh, Not in his ignorance, I don't believe so, but I can't tell how God calls us accountable. We have a duty to be informed. Um, one who uses these vaccines must realize that his body is benefiting from the fruits, although steps removed from a series of, immune, of chemical processes still, the fruits of one of mankind's greatest crimes. Any link to the abortion process, even the most remote and implicit, will cast a shadow over the church's duty to bear unwavering witness to the truth that abortion must be utterly rejected. No exceptions, beloved. Utterly rejected. I don't even understand any Catholic who understands uh, the evil of abortion, no matter the circumstances. Um how you can use the product of abortion for your own convenience or purposes or health. I have no understanding of that. I don't even understand the thinking of someone who does that. The article continues, "...the ends cannot justify the means. We are living through one of the worst genocides known to man." Millions upon millions of babies across the world have been slaughtered in their mother's womb. And day after day, this hidden genocide continues through the abortion industry, biomedical research, and fetal technology, and a push by governments and international bodies to promote such vaccines as one of their goals Now is not the time for Catholics to yield. To do so would be grossly irresponsible. The acceptance of these vaccines, I'm still reading this article, the acceptance of these vaccines by Catholics on the grounds that they invite involve only a, quote, remote, passive, and material cooperation with evil. How do you cooperate with evil at all? Would play into the hands of the church's enemies and weaken her as the last stronghold against the evil of abortion. What else can a vaccine derived from fetal cell lines be other than a violation of the God-given order of creation, oh, beloved. I've just started my hiccups again. Oh dear! And I know we're going to come across a break soon. So I'm going to continue this article um, tomorrow. Tomorrow will be Monday. Oh dear, beloved. Um, call in after the break with any question. With anything on your heart, I'm not an information bank. I can't answer all questions, but we can look up and get the answers, beloved. Call in with anything on your heart. doesn't have to be what we're talking about. I've always said that the heart of the matter is the matter of your heart. No matter what the issue is, call in with what's on your heart, toll-free, 877 511 five four eight three let me do that again one eight seven seven five one one five four eight three or email at mother at the station of the beloved how how a great number of our bishops have chosen our physical health in this world for a limited time, over our eternal salvation with this COVID is beyond me. I know people that have not received the Eucharist since March because people over them have made such decisions. When people over us refuse the sacraments, they have exceeded their authority. As Cardinal Burke said, Sunday and the reception of the sacraments is the divine mandate, not a human one, and no human being has any right to change that.
2: Lifesight News is an international news agency devoted to defending life and family and restoring Christian culture. We aim to educate and activate our readers with the information they need to fight the most crucial battles of our day in their churches, workplaces, and families. Our motto is Caritas in Veritate, love in truth. We firmly believe that promoting the truth is an act of love, however hard it is to hear. Over the last 20 years, we have built a reputation for uncompromising reporting, no matter the cost. LifeSite News is by far the most popular pro-life website on the internet, with over 40 million unique users every year and growing. Check us out at lifesightnews.com. Hello, this is Father Frank Pavone of Priests for Life. Some people think that because men cannot get pregnant, they have no right to say anything about abortion. But any human being, male or female, has the right and duty to speak up when someone's life is in danger. Real men don't stand around with their hands at their side when innocent babies are being ripped apart. They do something to defend these children. This is Father Frank Pavone, National Director of Priests for Life.
1: Hello, beloved. This is Mother Miriam you like to wake up each morning to inspiring sermons from knowledgeable and faith-filled priests. You can tune in to sermons for everyday living every day at 6 a.m. Eastern on the Station of the Cross. You can listen on thestationofthecross.com or anytime on the free iCatholic Radio mobile app. God bless you.
0: Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at one 877 511 5483 Or email her at Mother at the com.
1: Hi, beloved. Welcome back to Mother Miriam Live. All is well because God is on His throne, and I'm going to take your calls and your emails, um, <clears throat> and your texts now. Toll free one eight seven seven five one one five four eight three, or email at mother at thestationofthecross dot com. Our dear friend Rosa from California has called back. We didn't have time to answer your question yesterday, Rosa. Hi. <clears throat>
3: Hi. Well, um, okay. So I probably had a, I did have a two prong question. I'll just do one prong because you can right do two. It's
1: okay. You, you can do two. No, <laughs> just go well, ahead, dear one. one
3: <clears throat> well, actually, it's exactly what you're talking about, and that I have a very deep question about that. But before I say that, um, I have had so much thought about this. Um, and one thing, just to comment on what you read uh, about the bishops, when I first heard that several weeks ago, the minute I heard <clears throat> the word, you can go ahead and take it, take the vaccine, but it's just your, duty. Tell your mm-hmm. it would just tell your healthcare worker you don't like it. I, to me, I thought, are you kidding? I'm sorry. I was so upset. That to me is the terrible. Most insane argument like like that's going to change anything and plus you are it's it's behind it is money not that all you know it's supposed to be money but you're paying them you're consenting to it you're putting your name on the dole of of um all the people that are vaccinated you're giving your (coughs) consent and then you tell somebody who has no power um oh well i don't I don't agree with it but and what the fact is
1: agree? that's it, and the fact is the one who receives it is just as guilty as the one who makes it and gives it
3: yes, and you know the other thing, and this is what's so hard, and I will come to my question because this is really a, a a very difficult uh um decision I have to make, but um the other thing I thought of two things: one, I know this is a little fantastical. But I thought, what if we were told as Catholics that those were Maximilian Kolbe cells, you know, from from world from Nazi Germany?
1: Well, I, I mean, think Catholics would, think would receive that? them. Catholics would receive them as uh, relics. I don't think that would stop but anybody.
3: <laughs> but you know, let's say they did it as experimentation. You know, what I'm saying we probably.
1: Would think How about their own it mother? I don't, think it, I don't think it would deter anybody. I think we have become, Rosa, I understand what you're proposing, but I think we have become yeah. so inward, so selfish, I agree. so I agree. removed from what is truly caring about what is moral that I, right. I don't think it would make a difference.
3: Well, and you know, you're probably right. And you know, the other thing, and that's what I'm going to say, the opposite could also be actual because it's hypothetical. But I also thought, okay. If I were that person who's probably still alive, who gave, who did have an abortion back in whatever, I'd be how many decades older? Let's say I converted to Catholicism. Let's say I was in pro life. And I would, would be condemned to always wonder whether that was my aborted baby. You know, I just, that's the thing is just any way you want to look at it. Yeah, I got fraught you. With trouble. But mm-hmm. my question uh, is this having to do with the vaccine? So I can make. um, It's very difficult because a lot of people, their jobs, they have families, they have little kids. Their jobs will depend upon this. Travel is going to depend upon this. Um, And um, but I have to make um, a decision because I am um, as a Catholic. (laughs) But I have to make a decision for another person, for a family member. Who I am power of attorney of, who is elderly in skilled care, um, has multiple sclerosis and dementia. And what's obese, the decision just, you
1: have to make?
3: Well, um, they I have to tell them whether I or she consents, and I've tried to talk with her about this, but um, and she's you know she's like she's she
1: can't grasp consent to what consent to what to give. To give the vaccine. Absolutely. Why do you even have a choice? Why do you consider it a choice?
3: This is what I need to work out in my own head because she is my family member and that could, you know, it could be done with her, you know, and they may not allow her. It's already hard enough in a closed skilled care. She's in another state, so I can't even Why would
1: we put, and in her awful condition, but why would we put such immorality first to keep somebody alive
4: uh, yeah possibly.
1: i know yeah even possibly yes. we don't know why would that right, be exactly if we determine something is evil it's always evil and everywhere yes. evil yeah so what yes. what's the difficulty of your decision tell me because well, rosa the, you the are is, go ahead oh i was said the difficulty is
3: not what How I okay I can easily go back and forth in my head or think okay so I make that decision and I can make it for myself but um, I I think what it is is the fact that I'm holding that responsibility and yes you um, are I don't want but either way now either way because I also know about. The reality, I, I kept looking it up, multiple sclerosis, autoimmune disease. What are they saying about it? What's happened? And then there's, they use this trick word, and they've been using it in medicine for 30 years. It's what is the evidence? And, of course, you see, I knew that when they started that, it's going to be evidence. Plenty
1: of medicine. evidence. Plenty of evidence. So, to...
3: so some, some of the evidence they're saying about uh, multiple sclerosis, they say there is no evidence there's harm. Now, let's take the morality out of it. I looked it up. They didn't test it on anyone who had multiple sclerosis. So we okay. are the test Rosa,
1: doctor. Rosa, um and we do have yeah. another caller that I want to get to. Rosa, yeah. I love it when you call. Your 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 words are great. Your thinking is wonderful. You're wonderfully articulate. And I, I'm I agree with you down the road, except on this. You have no decision to make. It's either moral or immoral. And if it's immoral, it's not going to become moral in the case of a family member. And um, That's right. That's right. I agree. You you have no decision to make. You have no decision to make except what is right before God. You have no decision to make. If the question is giving her the vaccine... Uh, then you have a decision to make if you ha if the question is giving a vaccine that is made from aborted cell lines there's no decision it's evil there's no decision yes <clears throat> so you, yes will you be I, responsible I, for her death uh no you are uh, are you responsible for the death of the of the aborted baby in that um vaccine uh, you're not but if you if you give that vaccine from aborted cell lines to someone in your family or anyone you are cooperating with evil and if you don't cooperate with evil you leave everything in god's hands
3: yes now let let me just say i'm so thankful that um this is where we i just want to represent my um put me out there as representation of this this horrible, almost Sophie's Choice situation that I know, okay, morality speaking, no, but you see what, what happens to us and what happens to me, but here's what happened, too. I had a very trusted priest I've known for 20-some years, loved the man, very orthodox, or was, and then when I texted him, I said, hey, I need to talk with you about this and uh, he said, you know, what's, what's it about? And I told him, and he goes, well, the bishop's already said you can take it, so what's your question? Yeah, and so forget that. Forget that. that, forget that. I,
1: I spoke to that before. I know. Rosa, end yes. of story. We do not yes, cooperate with evil. End of yeah, story. Got it. If the whole family... Uh, decides that you're responsible for her death because you had the power of eternity and you refused the covid vaccine because it was made with aborted fetal cell lines then um so be it you're going to live with that but you will have not cooperated with evil and the person you need to live before is god
3: i i agree and i think that um Yes, I totally agree. And
1: you agree leave and her I, life in God's hands. He knows. Leave yeah. her life in God's hands. Yeah. Okay, Dear well, yeah. No, I, mean I it doesn't mean it's it doesn't mean it's easy, but to me it's clear. Yeah. You don't and have to struggle with a decision.
3: Thank you. That okay. I know I, I, I'm so, I needed that confirmation because I knew that in my heart, so yeah, very I did appreciate good. you so much for the clarity. Thank
1: God you. God bless you, my sister. God bless you. <laughs> oh we God have,
4: bless you, too. Okay. Thank
1: you, honey. Uh, Sylvia from Virginia. Hi, dear one. Hello, Mother Miriam.
4: I have a question. I really like saying the rosary or some the chaplet while I'm sitting in bed, but um, in the Old Testament a lot of the People prostrate themselves. So my question is, is kneeling more effective uh, in your prayers? Is your posture a factor
1: in the effectiveness in your prayers? In other words, should I, I kneel? <clears throat> Instead of sitting comfortably on your bed, right? <clears throat> um, yes. Well, um, You know, there's a story of uh, people who are arguing about the um, correct posture for praying. Should we kneel? Should we raise our hands to heaven? All kinds of things. And one man, uh, the story goes, fell down a well, and he was caught by the rope upside down in the bottom of the well, and he said he prayed the most effective prayer of his entire life. you understand? So it, there's no uh, position that um, is needed for the effectiveness of your prayer. The issue, uh, someone would say, and I've said often, the, the the heart of the matter is the matter of your heart. God knows and answers your heart. You may pray more uh, sincerely uh, sitting on your bed than some pray on their knees. So uh, there's no, uh, God does not judge uh, us based on our position. And with that, I will say that when we come, know that we're coming before God, the lying prostrate, the kneeling, um, the more reverent positions it does speak to the condition of our heart. It does speak to the condition of our heart. Whether it's more effective before God, there's no one who can say that if you're sitting on your bed versus kneeling versus uh, praying prostrate. But there's there when we have those more reverent positions of going on our knees. If God if God appeared before us physically, we would probably lie prostrate on our face uh, or at the very least go on our knees because we're in the presence of such of God. Uh, and and we, our hearts would be immediately filled with such reverence. We couldn't sit on our bed casually. If he appeared while you were sitting on your bed, you probably immediately go on your knees or on your face before him. See what I mean? <clears throat> so I'm not, I don't think it's a major thing for you to worry about. It's not scrupulosity. Um, God will hear you and see your heart sitting on your bed. I do think it's more reverent, though. Whether it's more effective, I cannot say, because God looks on the heart, not the outward position. I do believe that it's more reverent to be on our knees before him. I do. It acknowledges that we're praying to God, and we're not um, so concerned with our own personal comfort, but we're really more concerned with the one to whom we pray. Uh, but, but, Sylvia, uh, whether it's more effective or not, I cannot say <laughs> okay the, um, the reverence, I have another the, the re- uh, yeah, let me just say the reverence um, in a sense, shows a kind of an outward our body um, helps display our utter reverence for God that we don't treat him as a casual friend so that's the issue but how God looks on well there's Sylvia can you hang on till after the break okay Okay, because then we'll take your second question. We'll be right back. And everybody else, it'll be our last segment. The lines are wide open, and you're wel- welcome to call in with anything on your heart, One eight seven seven five one one five four eight three, or email at mother at the the com. We'll be right back.
5: Thank you for helping to save the
2: culture. The Station of the Cross invites you to join us each day for the Liturgy of the Hours at 5 a.m., 3 p.m., and 9.30 p.m. Eastern. God, come to my assistance.
4: Lord, make haste to help me.
2: The Liturgy of the Hours is a meditative and efficacious way to foster habitual prayer. Also known as the Divine Office or breviary, the Liturgy of the Hours is the daily prayer of the Church and is made up of readings from sacred scripture, writings from saints and theologians, and small reflections. We hope you will join us for this daily prayer of the Church each day at 5 a.m., 3 p.m. and 9.30 p.m. Eastern, right here on the Station of the Cross. May the Lord bless us, protect us from all evil, and bring us to everlasting life.
1: Amen. Amen. Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. This is our last segment, and again, you're welcome to call in with anything on your heart. We have a little over 10 minutes, one 877 5483 or email at mother at the station of the cross dot com. We're on the line with Sylvia from Virginia. Hi, Sylvia.
4: Hi. My Hi, second sweetheart. question yes. is I've always felt that the wearing of the mask was a decision to kind of blaspheme God and the mask because everybody looks ridiculous with those masks. And if you look at the science, they actually don't prevent a transmission of a virus.
1: That's right. So <clears throat>
4: what what is the... Uh, what is the motivation behind these lay ushers, and I've gone to several ch- churches in my area, um, enforcing this rule this role with such zeal? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I, I think those that enforce the rule with such zeal have truly lost perspective. But the lay ushers don 't make the decision themselves. It would be the priest who tells the lay ushers what to do and so um, it's not blaspheming God to wear the mask. I do think it 's unhealthy, and i don't and I think you're right. Uh, tests have proven that it does not prevent the transmission of the virus and in fact could even um be unhealthy for the wearer, so it 's not blaspheming God whatsoever. I think it is unnecessary um, but if the if the ushers mandate it, they 've been told to mandate it, <clears throat> and when they uh, enforce it so strongly, again, they may have also lost perspective themselves but um, uh, obedience to a church, if it says you must wear a mask if you enter. Uh, we do. Uh, I, I haven't been to a church that has mandated that, but I know many churches do. Uh, our present church here in Beloit does not, blessed be God forever, mandate masks. And yet there are a number of people who wear masks as their own choice is perfectly fine. Um, but if you're if you need to wear a mask, we go into stores and says not allowed unless you have a mask. We put a mask on, so it, it, don't make it an issue. It's just nothing. Uh, before God, okay. it's, it's not a blasphemy. Go ahead.
4: Thank Thank you so much. And do stick to your guns on the uh, vaccine, vaccine issue.
1: Good, good, Sylvia. God bless you, dear. Was there something else?
4: No. I I really uh, am appreciative of your program. Thank you so much.
1: Thank you, Sylvia. God bless you. And we're going to go to Colin from Canada. Um, Hi, Colin. I think you called in yesterday, right?
6: Yes, I did. Uh, Thank you very much.
1: Thanks, Colin, for calling in again today. Go ahead.
6: Um, Yes, I um, essentially am calling because I am uh, right now living at home with my... uh, Three siblings, and uh, mother and father, and um, I guess something struck me in your program yesterday, as you spoke about a um, modesty in dress, mm-hmm. and I guess I was wondering what your counsel may be um, regarding what I should do if I see my sisters or, or perhaps my mother dressing immodestly. They are all practicing Catholics um should i just pray for them should i say something um yeah mm,
1: that's not easy colin that's that's a hard one but um <clears throat> perhaps um it's a it's a hard one your three siblings uh, how many of them are sisters um
6: uh, well i have four siblings um the three though i was re- referencing one of them oh, a sister and then the uh, one that's um out of the house right now i also uh, she's also a sister of mine
1: yes yes okay um if if one only one of them in the house where you're living is a sister um is she younger than you or older um <clears throat> I mean, she's younger yeah okay um you know what i would do um You're over 18, right?
4: Correct.
1: And how old is she?
6: Um, she's 12.
1: Good. Okay. Um, how about if you tell her you'd like to take her on a date of a sort, meaning uh, spend some wonderful time, brother and sister time, and either take her to dinner or uh, go to the park, spend some time with her, she'll probably be honored by that. I don't know your relationship, but a 12-year-old to have an older brother want to spend personal time with her might really give her a boost in her dignity and self-confidence. And if you remain brotherly and kind, um, and just take her out and say, you know, um, I just want us to grow closer. The times out there are getting hard and worse and, um, and I, I want to help you and support you. And um, what is school like and, and what are your friends like? Find out about her life. Uh, not as someone who is judging her, but a real older brother. Um, a friend, but uh, not a peer. Uh, an older brother who's kind, who loves her, and who respects her. That, I don't know your relationship now, but if you take that interest in her, my guess is that she will feel enormously valued, and whether it's on the first outing or the next, you could say, you know... um, Uh, I'm going to suggest something to you from a man's point of view, Um, uh, because you're 12 and you're going to start dating. Hopefully she hasn't yet, but whatever. Um, And uh, many, many women uh, dress, you know, we we know the world today. Half of them are naked, they are half naked and tight clothing and wanting to show off their bodies and all of that. And... um, that may make sense to a woman who wants to be attractive to men or get their attention. But I want to tell you from a man's point of view that a woman that a man wants to date with the prospect of marriage is a woman who values herself, who values her body, who is modest in her dress, in her speech, in her walk, and all of that. Because when a man sees a woman immodestly dressed, tight clothing, low cut tops, short skirts, whatever it is, tight pants, um, he just assumes that she's going to be with a number of men because there's nothing feminine or modest about her. But when a woman dressed modestly, she's not looking to show off her body. She gives the message that she. Um, values herself, and that she's preserving herself for the man that God would bring to her. And so, um, you know, and you could say to her, you know, I could, uh, if if that's something you want my big brotherly and manly help with, I'd love to help you with that. You know, do it, I would just do it gently, so the focus isn't her dress, the focus is her, that you value her, and that you're speaking to her not just as a big brother, not just on moral issues, but as someone who deeply cares and loves her and wants her to know from a man's perspective what beauty is about. You think that would help, Colin?
6: Certainly do, Mother. Thank you very much. This has uh, been a great aid.
1: Oh, I'm so glad, Colin. God bless you, dear one. Um, and you'll be a, you'll be an example also to your brothers. Um, God bless all of you. There's our closing music, and um, have a blessed weekend. Pray, have hope. Don't lose hope ever. As long as we have God, there is hope, and we'll be back with you on Monday. God bless you.